Welcome to the Voice of Texas Veterans, a production of Texas Veterans Commission, speaking up for Texas veterans since 1927. Black History Month 2024, and we have some special guests to help us celebrate. Thank you for joining us. I'm Julia Connor, Communications and Outreach at Texas Veterans Commission. You know this state agency has been around since 1927, first created to assist veterans of the Indian Wars, the Spanish-American War, and World War I. African-Americans fought in all those wars. Though they were not awarded the same privileges or even given the same training as white soldiers, black Americans still distinguish themselves. Remember learning about the Buffalo Soldiers back in fifth grade? Maybe you need a refresher course. That's where my special guests come in. Hi. I'm Adriana Renee, and I'd like to tell you about the Buffalo Soldiers. After the Civil War, Congress reorganized the peacetime regular army, creating the units that became the Buffalo Soldiers. The units were made up of black enlisted soldiers, mainly commanded by white officers. So how did they become known as the Buffalo Soldiers? There are several theories. One is that the Plains Indians who fought the Buffalo Soldiers thought that their dark curly hair resembled the fur of the buffalo. Another says it was because black soldiers wore overcoats made from the skin and hair of buffalo. Another says the name stuck because the soldiers' bravery and ferocity in battle reminded the Indians of the way buffalo fought. Whatever the reason, the soldiers considered the name high praise because buffalo were deeply respected by the native peoples of the Great Plains. Eventually, the image of a buffalo became part of the 10th Cavalry Regimental Crest. Initially, the Buffalo Soldier Regiments were commanded by whites. African-American troops often faced extreme racial prejudice from the Army establishment. Many officers, including George Armstrong Custer, refused to command black regiments, even though it cost them promotions in rank. In addition, African-Americans can only serve west of the Mississippi River because many whites didn't want to see armed black soldiers in or near their communities. In areas where Buffalo soldiers were stationed, they sometimes suffered deadly violence at the hands of civilians. The Buffalo Soldiers' main duty was to support the nation's westward expansion by protecting settlers, building roads, and other infrastructure, and guarding the U.S. mail. They served at a variety of posts in Texas, the Southwest, and Great Plains, taking part in most of the military campaigns during the decades-long Indian Wars, during which they compiled a distinguished record with 18 Buffalo Soldiers awarded the Medal of Honor. Now, you might think that all Buffalo Soldiers were men. Well, all except one. Hi, my name is Olivia. Did you know there was once a Buffalo Soldier who was a woman? Nobody knew at the time, but Cathay Williams is the only documented female Buffalo Soldier. Before the 1948 law, which officially allowed women to join the Army. Cathay Williams is the only documented African-American woman who served in the U.S. Army. After leaving the Army, Cathay Williams settled in Colorado. She married, but it ended when she had her husband arrested for stealing from her. She worked as a seamstress in Trinidad, Colorado, and that is where her life as a Buffalo soldier became public. In late 1889 or early 1890, Cathay Williams entered a local hospital where she remained for some time. And in June 1891, she applied for a disability pension based on her military service. 
The other female soldiers who disguised themselves as men received pensions. Kathy William was denied. Even though William suffered from diabetes, had all her toes amputated, and walked with a crutch, the doctor decided that she did not qualify for disability payments. The exact day of her death is unknown, but it is believed she died shortly after she was denied. My name is Kanaya, and this is what Kate Williams said about herself. My father was a freeman, but my mother a slave, belonging to William Johnson, a wealthy farmer who lived at the time. While I was a young girl, my master and family moved to Jefferson City. My master died there. And when the war broke out, the United States soldiers came to Jefferson City. They took me and other colored folks with them to Little Rock. I learned to cook and was at Shreveport when the rebel gunboats were captured and burned on Red River. Finally, I was sent to Washington City. And at the time, General Sheridan made his raids in the Shenandoah Valley. I was cook and washwoman for his staff. On the 15th day of November, 1866, I enlisted in the United States Army at St. Louis. Only two persons, a cousin and a friend, knew that I was a woman. They were partly the cause of my joining the Army. Another reason was I wanted to make my own living and not be dependent on relations or friends. I carried my musket and did guard and other duties while in the Army. But I finally got tired and wanted to get out. I played sick, complained of pains in my side, and rheumatism in my knees. The post-surgeon found out I was a woman, and I got my discharge. A history lesson on the Buffalo Soldiers and Cafe Williams, courtesy of Adri, Olivia, and Kanaya. And for the information you just read, we thank the Smithsonian Institution and the St. Louis Daily Times, January 1876. It's never too late to learn something new. Just a few years ago, I learned about a Navy seaman born and raised in Waco, Texas. Hi, I'm DJ, and I'd like to introduce you to Doris Miller. The son of Connery and Henrietta Miller was born on October 12, 1919. Doris was the third of four sons. He spent his high school years at A.J. Moore High School in Waco. In addition to playing football, he helped his family out by working as a cook in a small Waco restaurant during the Great Depression. Less than a month before his 20th birthday, he enlisted in the United States Navy. After boot camp training in Norfolk, Virginia, he was assigned to the USS West. West Virginia on December 7, 1941. Mess attendant second class Doris Miller was collecting soiled laundry when the first bombs blasted in Pearl Harbor. Miller went to the main deck where he assisted in moving the mortally wounded captain. He then raced to an attendant deck gun and fired at the attacking planes until forced to abandon ship. It was Miller's first experience firing such a weapon because black sailors serving in the segregated stewards branch of the Navy were not given the gunnery training like white sailors. Because of his heroic actions in May of 1942, Miller was awarded the Navy Cross. That Christmas, he went home to see his family in Waco. Afterwards, Miller reported to duty aboard the aircraft carrier Lipscomb Bay. On November 24, 1943, his ship was torpedoed and sunk in the Pacific Ocean, and Miller was sadly killed. In addition to being awarded the Navy Cross, the Navy honored Doris Miller by naming a dining hall, a barracks, and a destroyer escort for him. 
The USS Miller is the third naval ship to be named after a black Navy man. In Waco, a YMCA branch, a park, and a cemetery bear his name. On January 20th, 2020, the U.S. Navy named an aircraft carrier the USS Miller. Thank you, DJ, and the Texas State Historical Association. Now, here's some more history I didn't learn about till I was a grown-up. The 761st Tank Battalion was the first African-American tank squad to see combat in World War II, and they had their final training at Fort Hood, now known as Fort Cavazos, before they went off to war. Now, here at home is where I met a determined lady who wanted the 761st heroic actions recognized, and she did it. There's now a memorial and a street named after the 761st on Fort Cavazos. The unit, also known as the Black Panthers, came back from World War II with four campaign medals. Individual soldiers were awarded 11 silver stars, 69 bronze stars, and about 300 purple hearts. But the surviving members of the 761st returned from Europe to a still segregated nation. It's not too hard to imagine the anger and disappointment they must have felt. However, the service of many black combat units like the 761st helped convince the government under President Harry Truman to finally desegregate the U.S. Armed Forces soon after the war ended. Texas Veterans Commission is dedicated to all our veterans and their families, assisting them in filing claims, getting jobs, navigating VA medical care, even helping them start their own business. We do so much more. Visit the website, tvc.texas.gov. Find out what TVC can do for you. Take a look at the Texas Veterans Commission's Facebook page. Send us a message. Ask a question. We'll get back to you. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Julia Connor. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Texas Veterans, a production of Texas Veterans Commission. Helping veterans starts here.